Hello, everyone, and welcome in to the Youth Hoops Pod presented by Pro Skills Basketball. Before we jump into today's conversation, please take a minute to subscribe to and or follow our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast at. And if you enjoy the conversation, if you enjoy our content, please leave us a five-star review as we are trying to grow and get our message out to as many audience members as we can. We really appreciate it. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Today we are speaking with PSB Richmond Director Rashid Wright and we are discussing mindset and how basketball shapes your mindset and how to shape your mindset for basketball. Rashid is going to talk through some of his experiences playing professional basketball and before and the lessons that he learned through basketball that he applies off the court. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Let's jump in. So let's jump right into today's conversation. I am really personally excited about our talk today that we're going to have. We do a lot of basketball-related content on this podcast, and, and we're going to connect this to basketball. But today, we're going to take a slightly different approach and really talk about the mind and, and mindset and, and mindfulness and, and really just the lens you choose to view your life through on a daily basis. And in order to have a really good conversation about that, we have someone on the pod today who I have come to know for a little over or right at two years now. And man, his mindset is just incredible uh, getting to know him more. And, and even in tough times, just hearing him speak about the way he approaches day to day is awesome. So I'm excited to take a deeper dive into that. So joining the pod today, we have Rashid Wright, our PSB Richmond director. Rashid, welcome on to the pod. What's going on, Chris? I appreciate it. I am thoroughly excited to talk. Um, I was a communications major, if you didn't know nice. that. Yep. <laughs> so I love kind of like the whole debate mindset and learning from other people. So I'm looking forward to a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I know you uh, you want to hop on the pod to debate some uh, who's the GOAT, uh, Jordan LeBron. We'll have to get to that topic later. That's a deep one, but I'm here to debate with you. I was a communications major as well, man. So we actually just uh, were talking here right before I hit record. And I was just telling you, I think you and I have, have similarities in our mindset and what we look to. And I didn't know you were a communications major, so that's really awesome. Um, so Rashid, man, being completely real with you, uh, you know, we've known each other, I guess, for probably two years now. And and mm -hmm. Rashid started with PSB right before COVID hit, uh, just mm -hmm. started up Richmond and then boom, the world changed. Uh, but through that time, you know, we started doing a, a ton of Zoom meetings here at PSB. Mm -hmm. So you and I got to interact maybe a lot more than we would have otherwise. And I got to know you a lot more. And, and I think all of our team learned each other a lot more throughout those times. Um, and again, through a lot of tough times, man, you would just get on our, our calls and just have such an incredible positive mindset and and let's just take a whole deeper dive into it but first Rashid I want our audience out there to know um, that you are an absolute walking bucket uh, let's take a very quick quick brief background on your basketball journey maybe just walk me through really quick where you played in college and then where you went to play after that I played at um, Old Dominion University um, had a pretty good um, career individually scored over a thousand points not not as much winning as I wanted to do in college um had a quick look at the NBA with um, PIT and then went overseas, um, played 13 years in France, played with some of the guys that you see on TV now, like Evan Fournier was my teammate for two years, Rudy Gobert, Nicholas Batum, those guys wow. I competed against them. Um, and then so retired. So it's been five years now that I retired and moved, uh, moved here to the Richmond, Virginia area. 
Nice, nice. And man, that was a 30 second uh, synopsis of a long career. We could take a really deep dive into all the buckets you got. But again, that's just not why we're here talking today. We may have to revisit that. But wanted the audience to know you're a longtime pro playing at the highest level. And now let's kind of turn the conversation because I'm I'm really interested to see at what point in life you kind of came onto this mindset, whether it was in college, whether it was through your basketball journey, I'm excited to kind of get to that. But first, Rashid, I, you know, I keep saying you have a positive mindset and listeners out there are probably like, you know, what does that mean? What, what are you talking about? So I'm going to throw it to you, man. I, I want, I want you to answer, how would you define your mindset, the way you wake up every day and view the world? How would you define it? I would, I would say that that's a very difficult question <laughs> to be honest. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, but I, but I would say I'm a person that believes in the moment. Like I believe that at that moment you have control over that moment, um, just based off where your mindset is. Um, and I think that me thinking like that comes from a lot of frustration, a lot of failure, a lot of disappointment, a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, um, some successes too, a lot of successes, a lot of rewards, like all of that good stuff. Um, and I think it started a long time ago. Um, just with my dad, you know what I'm saying? My, my dad is a guy who pushed me all the time, like in all aspects. Like I couldn't bring, bring C's home growing up. Like that was a no-go. You couldn't bring a C home. Um, he always challenged me to be two times better than my competition, which wasn't the cool thing to do um, when you were elementary school, middle school. Um, but as I got older, I started to see how my my path was taken by having that type of mindset i was able to to accomplish things and do things that other people weren't doing but in those same spaces um i was having difficulty like succeeding like i, I tell people this all the time i got cut in seventh grade so mm. I, I think that's one of the things that i'm able to relate with kids with all the time is like hey man i wasn't the kid that was just better than everybody at an early age. i mean i was a height you know what i mean but I got cut in seventh grade. I went home crying and snotting and feeling like I was the worst person in the world. I know what that feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Embarrassed uh, because your, all your friends made the team, like what you supposed to say, how you measure up with them. Like, I understand that. Um, and my dad had a conversation with me when I came home and he saw me crying like that. And he was like, so what you gonna do? Like, you you, you gonna, you gonna sit here and be this kid that's crying or are you gonna realize that you have to get better and there's a lot of work that you have to do to be able to accomplish the goal you say you want to accomplish like no excuses and so man I just took that mindset the whole time man and yeah yeah and, and just decided to outwork people yeah and I love that and I know you're an outworker but I want to really kind of dial in right there to you said living in the moment and I think right away you say, you know, in the seventh grade, you could have just continued day after day to think about how you didn't make the team. You know, you can be like, oh, I didn't make the team. I'm no good. Oh, I didn't make the team. But if you practice living in the moment, you go, well, that was yesterday. Now sure. it's today. Now I woke up this morning. It's a whole new opportunity. I'm here. Uh, but I, I just I have to assume there's no way as a seventh grader you had fully figured that out yet. You had, There's no way you had fully come to this realization you have now. Where would you do you can you pinpoint back to anywhere? Was it in your professional career, your, your college career where you started to kind of figure out, you know, OK, I can I can change my mindset and it can change everything else. And instead of letting all these stresses control me, I can and say, no, you know what? I'm here. You know, Rashid, I've heard you say, I, I believe I've heard you say a couple of times, I'm, I'm alive. I'm awake. What, what, what is there to be mad about? I'm here. I'm alive. I can take advantage of this moment right here. I mean, do you have any kind of remembrance of maybe when that dawned on you and when you started to really implement that in your life? 
Yes, there was a moment. Great, <laughs> I great. Felt, I, <laughs> I felt it when it happened. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure I knew that was the moment, but something changed at that moment. So right. I get cut in seventh grade, you know, and, you know, I'm six, five. So, you know, I, I went from like Jeez. five, eight, five, eight to six, one between eighth grade and ninth grade. So, okay, like, okay. You know, um, so I was just still learning myself, played JV my freshman year, um, had good moments. I had, I had signs of brilliance, you know, then I have a game where I had two points, you know what I mean? Sophomore year, I was, I was kind of like a, I probably was six three, but I was really around the, around the basket type of player. If I was open, I could shoot. I could always shoot because my father like worships shooting. So we shot. I shot the ball my whole life, right? I think um, I'd like but, your dad. It sounds like I'd like him. I'm on. I'm on that shooting train. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But like you know, I wasn't that comfortable with dribbling the basketball. But I worked hard so I can get putbacks. You know what I mean? I, I was that type of player. Um, so, um, I talk about this guy all the time, John Allen, he lives in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So, um, so 16 years old, somewhere between my sophomore year and my junior year. Okay. I'm playing, I'm at practice playing with Kappa Magic out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I stay after practice. I'm getting some shots up with my dad. Um, the coach, John Allen, who had came and scouted me that sophomore year, he, he brought me in to be like the dirty, like, like, like the trash man, rebound hard, play hard defense, that type of stuff. So he's sitting in the, in the um, stands with Winston-Salem State and he's watching me shoot. And so after I, he comes down the court, he says, you can shoot. And I'm like, yes, I can shoot. He said, you're no longer an inside player. You're on the wing now. We're putting you on the wing. Now, I had never exclusively played on the wing before. So I went through a summer back then, Winston-Salem, we talking about Josh Howard. We talking about like, it was some dogs in Winston-Salem. <laughs> and so I'm out there, like, he threw me in the deep end. I, but the thing that was happening is I started making more threes because now I was outside more. But I wasn't really comfortable with dribbling the basketball and all that. But, you know, I was learning. I was learning on the job. So we're playing Salisbury. In, in in Salisbury in the state tournament, AAU tournament, there's a guy on that team named Scooter Sherrill. He ended up playing at NC State. Um, he was a year younger than me, but he was the number one shooting guard in his, in his class, right? So I'm probably had, I probably played the worst game I've ever played. I'm missing layups. I can't guard nobody. I, I mean, I'm feeling horrible. And my my dad is is a, is a big guy, right? <laughs> He's 6'3", unibrow, beard, big voice, ex-military, you know what I mean? And he gonna let me hear it, like, you know, you know? And so I, I, I really didn't like making mistakes in the game because I didn't really want to hear that. And so I'm yep. struggling. Coach, Coach Allen takes me out of the game. I go sit at the end of the bench, man. I, I, I see, I'm, I'm really like, you know what? I might be done with basketball. I don't like this feeling. I can't figure this out. Like, um, all this is going through my head. I'm 16 at this time. Like, you know, yep, this is yep. everybody's saying, you supposed to be this or you supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? So Coach Allen comes over. He kneels down in front of me. He says, I'm going to put you in this game, and you're going to win this game for us. Now, at that time, in my head, I'm like, first of all, please don't put me back in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, I know you're trying to make me feel better, but it ain't working. That's what's in my head. Of course, I didn't say that to him. Yep. Game keeps going on. I don't know, five minutes left in the game. He puts me back in the game. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm back in the game. I probably missed two more layups. I'm, I'm out here struggling, man. So long story short, we end up 
um, knocking the ball out of bounds underneath our basket, goes off of them, it's our ball, we're down by two points. Coach draws up a stack play, puts me in the back of the stack. So, you know, when you're in the back of the stack, you just go backwards. It's only like five seconds left, maybe four seconds left. Yep, so I know yep. the ball ain't coming to me. Yep. <laughs> but I'm cool. I'm just going to go back and see what happened. Man, I, I think my teammate Jasper smacked the ball. Everybody breaks. I go backwards. Man, here comes the basketball straight towards me, man. I caught the ball, scooters running at me, and I don't think. I reacted. Yep. I jab right, one dribble left, pull up and shoot a three, cash it. We win the game. Hey. Man, dog, I ran around the court crazy. All my teammates ran around the court, parents cheering everything. I, I went from feeling the worst feeling yep. I ever felt to feeling the best feeling I had ever felt on the basketball court. And in that moment, I realized that it was all in my head. Like it was mm. all in my head. Mm. And from that game, we won the state. We went on a run. We won the state. We went to the nationals. We finished 12th in the nation out of 95 teams. I became the number one shooting guard to state. I was ranked nationally after that. That that next year, I go into my junior year, I was 25 points a game. My senior year, I was 26 points a game. We, I break all the score records. I go into ODU. Jeez. And it just, that just carried me all the way through. When I, when I became a pro, man, I can't tell you how many game-winning shots I hit. But, it, but it, or in the fourth quarter, like, I became known as a player that could change the game because I always went back to that moment. And regardless of, like, what my coach is saying or what is happening around me, I know that if I truly believe and I focus on my task, everything else don't matter. I can make it happen. Now, I'm a, mm. I'm a big believer in the creator. I'm not religious, but I'm a big believer in the creator. So when I'm in that space... I have no doubt, man. And so yeah. now, outside of the game, I take that same mindset into coaching, into directing pro skills, into like my vision of life, man, because that has been the thing that has been the most consistent in my life. Yeah, man. First of all, amazing. Um, I've gotten to know you a lot better. I have never heard that story. I, I genuinely was on the edge of my seat waiting to see where that story was going to go. I think, first of all, we could do an entire episode about how important coaching is because you probably weren't going to get out of that hole on your own it took your coach saying hey I see something better in you believe in me I believe in you and then goodness look what all it unlocked I mean now we're here doing a pod you're working for PSB maybe your whole life would have changed if you didn't have a good coach that went and believed in you in that moment that's a whole nother uh, episode but uh, yeah just an amazing moment for you to have the realization and you know I, the way I kind of take it is the first three quarters don't matter. Once you're in the fourth quarter, you're in the fourth quarter. It doesn't matter if you have had zero points prior. You know, we look at all these great players, Steph, Kobe, all these guys, they could just explode at any moment. It, Steph has had games where he had two points in the first half and then 34 in the second half. Like, because it's that short memory. It's just, I mean, it's living in the moment. It's that practice of living in the moment. Uh, so that's amazing, man. And now I can connect that, you know, like you just said, to how you walk about your life. Again, you know, you started up PSB Richmond. COVID hits. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's equate that to first half of the game. You don't hit a single shot. That's tough. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to go sit on the end of the bench and say, I quit, or are you going to get back in the game, take the next open shot, continue to believe in yourself? Uh, it's just amazing, man. I, I want to ask you this because you know, if we're relating it to basketball, when you get in that game and you are able to forget the first few quarters and take that game winning shot, a lot of times it's because you've been putting in the work that you should be putting in. You're not going to have that confidence if you're not putting in the work if you just show up on game day every day and you never practice where are you going to draw that confidence from so putting in that work off the court is what allows you to 
have those great moments on the court. Taking that into a mindset world, I, a genuine question, do you have any kind of practices you do in, in you know, when people are not looking for your mindset? Like for me personally, I'm a huge yoga guy. I'm a, I'm a daily yoga uh, uh, a doer. I'm, I'm trying to get certified to become an instructor. I'm all in. I love the mindfulness practice. It really helps me uh, work on being in the moment. But do you have anything you do on a, on a daily basis or is it more of just a constant? Nope. You know what? I'm here. I'm going to I'm going to be this. I'm going to I'm going to take advantage of right now. Oh, I actually do. I, I don't I don't know if this is a healthy thing or if <laughs> it's just my thing. It works. So, hey, it works. It works. I grew up playing one on one against my dad. OK, my dad used to knock me down. He used to talk trash to me, block my shot. Man, I don't I remember him beating me my whole life. <laughs> right. Yep. I can yep. remember him saying, by the time you're old enough to beat me, I'm going to have so many wins. It ain't going to matter how many times you beat me. Right. <laughs> So I used to get so angry, like so crying angry. And it put me into this place that I was playing with a chip on my shoulder. I was doing everything I could to try to beat him. Man. Beating him was just like, 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 the, like, like the cherry on the cake. And it happened yep. when I was 15 years old. When I was 15, I got to a level where I could beat him. And I knew that he knew that I could beat him. And he stopped playing me after that. So, <laughs> So what I started to do as a, as a basketball player is I started to talk junk to other players. I started to throw little elbows, do little things. And really what I was trying to do is get that player to respond to me. I was trying mm. to get them to be upset. I was trying to get them to say something to me or do something that will put me right back into that mindset of playing against my dad. And the people that I had the hardest time competing against were really good players who didn't let that affect them. They just stayed locked into the moment. Sometimes it was hard for me to get to where I needed to be. But if wow. I bumped you or I said something to you and you like you start chirping back, I'm automatically where I need to be. I'm inside. I'm saying, thank you. Now let's go on this ride. <laughs> hey, that, first of all, that's why I do not talk trash. That exact reason, because I don't want to walk up on a Rashid one day and, you know, I'm having a good shooting day and then I poke the bear and I piss him off. And now my whole day's ruined. So I just keep my mouth shut and take open shots. But I love that you just pointed out you really struggled against other players who maybe were good at being in the moment and not letting external things like you frustrate yes. them. So they yes. were so in control of their mindset. They didn't let you get under their skin. It sounds like you're trying to get under people's skin. And when you did, it kind of gave you fuel to keep going. So that's just a, a really interesting uh, take there that you were able to realize some guys didn't let you get under their skin. And, yes. and, and maybe now that you're uh, older, you can look back and be like, you know, maybe some guys got under your skin, but could you have been, like those players I and mean, be like, nah, your, your little bumps and stuff aren't affecting me. I'm living in the moment. I know me, I'm confident in myself. I just think that's an interesting dynamic you pointed out there. And a lot of those guys are now my good friends. Yeah, <laughs> those yeah, yeah. Guys, we went to war and we had a mutual respect for each other. And now we still friends to this day, but just, just because of that battle, but like on the, on the pro skill side or coaching side, I do the same thing with my high school girls that I coach with my program, I'm I'm trying to find the thing that channels their fire. I'm not going to say it on here, but it, it's, I find it all the time. Yeah, I, yeah, I, find yeah. It in, I find it in social media posts because we live in the social media world. I find it in newspaper clippings. I find it in things that people say they don't know they said. I, I don't respond to it, but it, it, it builds their fire into me because at the end of the day, I'm always leaning back on the fact that I'm going to try to outwork you. I'm going to try to outwork you. My confidence is really coming from that. I'm not going to tell you how I'm outworking you. But when you go to sleep, I'm doing push-ups. I'm jumping rope. I'm, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's, that's yeah. how I approach it. 
Yeah. And just to point out to our audience out there, Rashid, you are genuinely one of the better dudes I've met in a long, long time. You're not a coach who's uh, on the sideline trying to yell at the other coach and get under their skin or, or, or going out of your way to be rude to anyone. I think you said it there, like uh, even, you know, thinking about you, you know, uh, nudging a guy or tugging at his shorts or doing something to piss him off. You said there's a mutual respect there. There's yeah. a level you there's a line you don't cross. Yeah. You know, and we're big about that here at PSB. So Rashid's not out here being a crazy coach yelling to get under people's skin. I just I think what you're saying is you're you know, I think people used to talk about this about Kobe and Michael Jordan a lot. They were just waiting to find that one thing that would fuel them. And and, and maybe even it was just a look that another player gave them. And that other player doesn't even know that's what fueled them. But you're just kind of searching for, oh, just give me that one little yeah. bit of gas and I am going to catch on fire and I'm going to inspire my team um, and yeah. everything. So what it what it really sounds to me, Rashid, is that you're taking external you know, uh, things, stimulus, whatever you want to call it, external actions of someone else, of maybe a parent in the crowd yelling at you and, or, or whatever it may be. And you're not going, Oh, I'm going to shut down because a parent said I'm a terrible coach. You're going, Oh, you think I'm a terrible coach. Let, yeah. let me show you how yeah. much I can inspire my team and how much I can yeah. scheme and, and get a game winner. So I think, again, it's kind of to your point of your mindset of taking these external things and, and flipping them instead of letting them take you down, using them as fuel to continue your mission of, of uh, helping kids, helping people grow. Right. And, and, and being realistic. I, I think you have to be humble enough to listen to what people are saying to it, to you, whether you agree or disagree, because sometimes when you hear the truth, it doesn't make you feel good. So people reject that. You know what yep. I mean? So when I was at Old Dominion and Blaine Taylor came in my junior and senior year, he challenged me and said I wasn't good enough. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't an efficient enough shooter. I wasn't a good enough ball handler. And that didn't make me feel good. And he wasn't the coach that recruited me. So I had some pushback with that. But when I took a step back and looked at it objectively, he was correct in all of those things. And it was because I decided to take the constructive criticism and then go to work that I was able to build and then be able to use these things we're talking about. You know what I mean? Like it's something yeah. behind it. It's, it's a confidence behind that because I put in the hours and I put in the time. So I know what I'm capable of doing. Um, and, and, and as a I tell my girls that I coach right now on the high school level and the, the kids that are in pro skills program. I'm, I'm a new director. I'm a new coach. I, I want, I want them to understand that regardless of what I did as a basketball player, I'm a new director and I'm a new coach. I'm not perfect. I'm working hard every day to be the best I can be, but I need you guys to be in that same place with me. And I feel like if we're going to get people to follow us a certain way, we have to be willing to do what we're asking other people to do. And I, I can't, I can't tell my girls how important it is to eat healthy and get in shape or my, or the pro skill kids. And I'm not doing that at all. And I'm saying, Hey, well, I'm 40 now. I don't have to do that no more, but y'all need to be doing it. It just don't really work like that. Kids, kids do what they see you do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're spot on. And I think uh, now the conversation seems to be, uh, again, I'm just observing what you're saying. I genuinely came into today's conversation with uh, interest in you and, and your mindset, because I'm someone who uh, tries my best to have a great mindset every day. But now it's starting to become more aware to me that you just put the work in, man. You don't just wake up and think I'm going to be happy today. You put actions behind that and you've done it over and over for so long through the game of basketball, through other things that now you've kind of built this resilience in your mindset to be able to uh, maybe almost have it on autopilot. Although, you know, we all know everybody has down days. I'm sure you have, you know, uh, uh, thoughts that are, are low at times, or maybe you do doubt yourself as a coach, as a director, but then you lean back 
to those prior experiences of when you doubted yourself as a basketball player and you go, no, I know what I'm capable of. I put the work in. Let me focus on right now. Let me not focus on what happened. The, the, uh, you know, bad interaction or whatever happened 20 minutes ago. Let me be right now and know that, you know, if I just take that next shot, if I continue to shoot the ball in in metaphorically speaking in life, if I continue to keep pushing, to keep trying to be better, that shot's going to go in eventually if you keep doing it and keep putting that work in. So it's now starting to dawn on me that a ton of, you know, why you are the way you are is because you are willing to work at whatever it is at, at becoming more patient at getting a better jump shot at becoming a better coach director. Right. Would you, would you agree? Yes. Yeah. I call it basketball life school, man. At one point I thought I was a basketball player. I got older and realized that basketball has been the catalyst for me to grow in so many different ways. And now to be in a position to help other people and it's never really on autopilot. It's the everyday practice. For sure. For sure. Same frustrations or doubts that anybody else has, I have. I just practice to not focus on them and focus on the other side because there's always the other side. And I'll I'll share this with you, with you, um, and I've shared it with some people before. But man, you know, I, I was I was with another program with, with one of the people I love the most in this world. You know what I mean? And I, I um I decided to come over here to Pro Skills. Um, I left something that I had been working on, and essentially didn't have anything, didn't have any kids or gym, but I believed in what pro skills was about. And I decided to go out, bust my tail, get in the gym, do clinics, do training, spread the word about pro skills. Cause I believe in it. I believe in myself and what we're doing. And the projection was for me to have five teams. I was able to bring in 95 um, members and have 10 teams. And, you know, I was excited, like, let's go. We had one week of good practice. I'm so, I'm thinking about the year. This is my first year directing this program. Let's get it going. And then a pandemic happens. Man, look, I literally was in my backyard one day cutting down branches off trees, doing all the stuff like everybody else did that you never did before, but you couldn't yep. leave your house. So you just figure out new things to do. Yeah, I, I remember I remember you talking about that. I remember hopping on Zoom calls. You'd be like, yeah, I'm just cutting down more tree, more tree limbs today. <laughs> yeah, yes. But man, I had a moment in the backyard where I questioned the creator. I questioned God, man. Just to be honest, I was like, I just really, I'm like, I mean, I've been working my tail off. And now, like a pandemic, you know, this this was at the time where nobody knew what was about to happen, right? Yep, yep, yep. And man, something came over me. I heard this, but I didn't hear it. I felt it. And it basically said, shut up and get to work. Keep working. Everything has stopped. You got more time to work, develop, and build. And I, it almost kind of brought me to my knees, if I'm being honest. I felt it. And I would, and then right at that moment, I said, you know what? I apologize. And I just got back to work. I just locked into what I can't control and, and stopped focusing on what I can't control. That's dope, man. As you're saying it, it reminds me back to your story. I think it was Coach Allen you said. I mean, it, it kind of sounds like that's what Coach Allen came down, got on a knee in front of you and said, dude, I'm putting you back in this game. Work. Like, you're, you're, yep. the game is not over. You know what yep. I mean? It, almost yep. you may have had that moment um externally which is awesome man and and uh you know i have seen it you're you're continuing to do great things in richmond and it's all because of these these habits you built through the game of basketball like you call it life school because like you said you know maybe if you had never played sports maybe you wouldn't have been you know this this person you are maybe you would have who really knows but it's clear 
that basketball facilitated you through its challenges, right? You talk about the challenge as a, as a young kid of not making shots all game, going, you know, just to the lowest place of self-confidence, of, of not believing in yourself. And man, once you've lost belief in yourself, I mean, that, that's about as low as you can get, you know, not believing in you. And then someone else said, no, I, I believe in you. And you just are able to snap out of it, keep going through and, and, and live in the moment. It, it, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome to hear from you. It makes a lot of sense now why you are the way you are. And then, you know, obviously you've now seen it lead to success. I think that's another thing when you've worked enough, you know, when you've really put the work in, when you've really been in, in basketball terms in the gym at midnight, getting shots up, and then you do get to hit that game winner in a game. And you're like, Oh, I, I now see that man, all those thousands of hours of sweat that were all that, you know, those sprints I had to run those extra bench presses, whatever it may be, it pays off. And once right. you kind of see that work pay off, then the next time, you know, when right. you had that realization in your backyard, Oh, I got to get back to work. You're like, right. Oh, I've been through this. I know what it's like. And I know the work pays off. So I'm going to keep doing it. Right. I, I really, to piggyback off what you said, I really, now there's a such thing as a good environment and a negative environment, but I really yep. wish parents would let their kids struggle. Mm. I really wish I really. And I mean, I, it's deep, it's context to that, right? I'm, I'm not For saying sure. let your kid just flounder out here with no help. That's not what I'm saying. For but sure. As yep. they're going through the process of, be, of trying to become good at anything, I hear so many parents say that this is not good for my kids' confidence. And what, what this has turned into is, in a lot of ways, continuing to try to find a place where your kid is comfortable. Any adult knows that life is going to be uncomfortable sometimes. You mm -hmm. have to learn how to become comfortable being uncomfortable. Those are the people who are going to survive. And that translates to, to, to being married. That translates to having a family. That translates to running a business, working for somebody, coaching, and playing sports. And that's and our mission of changing the culture of youth basketball. I think that's one of the main things that we have to get back to, that this is a process. Being good at anything is a process. Any, any yep. parent who, who um, and this is one of the things Coach Allen told me. I talked to him to this day. He said, he tells his parents that if you own a business, if you're successful at anything, you struggle. You struggle to become successful. Don't rob your child of the opportunity to struggle because that is how they're going to reap the rewards of their work. Well, on that note, Rashid, and I love it, let's, let's kind of round out this conversation. Do you have any advice to offer out there to, to players or coaches? You kind of just did offer some, let, you know, let kids struggle. And, 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 and if there is a player out there listening right now, a young player, be okay with yes. it being hard sometimes. That is, that is okay. Rashid, yeah. I, you and I, I can shoot the basketball. You can shoot the crap out of the basketball. We've airballed a lot of shots in our day yeah. in a gym alone. Yeah. You know, we've had shots yeah. at the side of the backboard that felt good too. You're probably like, oh, that feels good. And then you're like, oh, what, what just happened? It's okay to make those, those mistakes and struggle. Do you have any advice if there is anyone, you know, still sitting here 30 minutes later listening to us? Um, just keep working, man. I've cried in the gym before. <laughs> like, yep. like, 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 we mean, all have, like, we all have. Yeah, yes, man. I, I, I felt like, I, I felt like I wasn't as good as, as other players before. I know what that, I know what that feeling feels like, but just put the work in. But, but also for me, I'm a person that I know that most people believe what they see. Most people have to go through it or see it for it to become a reality for them. Yep. So how I move as far as coaching, as far as pro skills, Richmond, I'm work, we work with the kids who want to be here with us. You know what I mean? 
And I don't care where that kid is. If they stay in here with us, they're going to improve and they're going to yep. get better. Now, what that level is, that ultimately depends on how much work that kid is willing to put in. And of course, genetics and all of that good thing. But over the course of time, the fruit will produce itself and people will be able to see. That's that's why I stay locked in. I, I don't, I'm not in the business of trying to make people believe what I'm saying. You'll see what I'm saying over the course of, of, of time of me working, these kids working, because it were, I've already done this several times in my life in a lot of different ways. So I believe I stick to that belief um, and then let, let, it, let the chips fall where they may. And uh, just again, man, uh, genuinely, you know, uh, man to man, you you live it. I, I see it. I see it all the time. You live it. It's why I, I messaged you and said, hey, can we just sit down and talk about your mindset? Because. Uh, I, I haven't seen you fal falter yet in, in the way you approach things. And again, I know that doesn't mean you don't ever have bad days. You just, you just, you just choose to go. Nope. You know what? Yeah. Today is hard. You know, so you'll be, you'll be on zoom calls. Rashid will, will be on zoom calls in the morning, taking all his kids to school and, and, and moving left and right and trying to run BSB and do all this. And he's just like, you know, it's just, it, we're here. I'm, I'm, you know, I just got all, all I know is how to work. So you do live it, man. We do see it. And, and that's why, uh, PSB Richmond is going to blow up, uh, and go through the roof. And I'm excited to sit here and watch it. So, uh, Rashid, we really appreciate you jumping on today. Uh, to our audience out there, uh, give us a follow at Pro Skills Basketball on Facebook and Instagram and at Pro Skills B Ball on Twitter. You can also check out at Pro Skills Richmond uh, just to stay up to date with all of our content and all the things we have going on. Uh, Rashid, what a, what a good conversation today. Uh, keep killing it, keep working. Uh, we appreciate you jumping on. Thanks, man. Love being part of the team.